Mark chapter 11. I read this verse a few weeks ago in preparation for our Wednesday night session on prayer. It is one of the most provoking scriptures that I read. And it is almost too much for my mind to comprehend. And so I, I go back to it quite often because I know it's there and I know it says what it says and I'm trying to learn how to live what it says. Amen. That's what I want to do is learn how to live what it says. But Mark chapter 11 verse 23 it says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever, would you say that word with me, whosoever, turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you and me and me and me, whosoever. So it's not some spiritual elite. It is not some licensed preacher, it is not some well-heeled saint of God, but whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. <laughs> now that, that's a boatload right there. That is a boatload. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith. And that word he is not talking about God, it's talking about the speaker. When you believe what you say, you shall have, you shall have whatsoever. There's that word again, whatsoever. He saith. Amen. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. In the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent him, sent away the multitudes, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not? That we perish. And he arose and rebuked the wind 
And he said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and saith one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? My subject tonight, I want to talk to you from this thought. Take heed what you heed. (laughs) Take heed what you heed. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I have a confession tonight that I need to make. And that is not always easy for a preacher to do. But I have one to make to this church. And that is that I am concerned about my mouth. Now don't get worried. I'm not taking up cussing even though sometimes it's like that little lawnmower, they do come back if you keep pulling. (laughs) I don't have gingivitis. I don't have dental problems. But I am concerned about my mouth. More than just my mouth, I am concerned about what comes out of it. I have listened to myself a little bit lately, and you know what? I complain too much. Now, this is me, so you can just smile, nod your head, and agree and say amen, because it's not about you. I'm talking about me. I gripe a lot. I growl sometimes. Honey, you're not going to smile. <laughs> Sometimes I even go so low as to whine about life and all that's not right and what I wish. And Sometimes I fear that I am not as thankful as I ought to be. But more than just being unthankful, I have come to realize that in the world that we live, it has become so much easier for me to say what is wrong than to speak what is right. When there is so much wrong around us and there is so much that you can complain about, I am fearful that I have been infected by a virus and I want God to heal me of it. I'm serious, church. I'm not playing games with you tonight. I am convinced that I speak many things into and out of my life by what I say. I am convinced that many things are missed 
And many things are forfeited in my life because of what comes through the channel of my mouth. I am afraid that many times they sabotage my own desire and they sabotage my own hopes. My words sometimes betray me. And I would like to do something about that. And I, I know that, you know, anytime you preach like this, you set yourself up. And I'm going to set myself up tonight. And I hope that nobody leaves me hanging out there and says, boy, he was a good man. But I would like to take the negative out of my conversation. Now you say, Brother Hughes, it's not good to take negative out because we've got to have both to balance life. I know, but I don't need to add any. There's enough negative already there. But it's not so much about speaking the negative that I am concerned about. I would like to extract the doubt that more often than not comes out of my lips and it is expressed by statements that I make or things that I say. I would like to take fear and expel it from my vocabulary and extract it from my mind so that it does not trouble me like it has over the last few years. I am greatly troubled about the negative spirit in which we live, and I am deeply concerned about the attitude of this age that comes so easily into my own life, and that if I'm not careful, I adopt the culture and the attitude of the culture around me and I forget the things that God has said about me. One of the things that has always interested me about this little story in Mark is why the Lord got so angry with his disciples. It's not seen perhaps in the reading, but I think in the original text there is quite a bit of emphasis laid on some of the things. He rose to rebuke the wind and he rebuked the waves, but his greatest rebuke was toward his disciples. And he said, why are you so fearful? Why Aren't you afraid? And I've always looked at that in the context that they were so overwhelmed by the moment. And that's what he was rebuking. But I, I realized as I was thinking about this the, the other day and even this afternoon that what the Lord was so upset about was not how they had necessarily reacted to the storm, what he was more upset about is the fact that they had forgotten what he had said. Let's go to the other side. And in the process of moving into 
that divine order, things begin to happen that were contrary maybe to what they had anticipated or maybe it was a sudden thing that came on them. But whatever the case may be, the storm came up quickly. And suddenly they were overwhelmed by waves and they were afraid and they went and they woke him up. And he was more disturbed at them than he was at the waves. And he rebuked the waves and he hushed the wind, but his greatest rebuke was for his disciples because it dawned on me today He had already declared the outcome. And they had, in the process of finding the fulfillment of that word, encountered something that had turned their attention away from what he had said and focused their minds upon the present circumstance. And when you stop living by what he says, and start living by what circumstances around you are saying, you're in trouble. And I am afraid that many of us are guilty tonight of speaking things in the midst of a storm or in the midst of some frustration or in the midst of some aggravation that contradict what God has already said about us. And the thing that angered God was not the fact that they were afraid of the wind. The thing that disturbed him is that they had forgotten what he had said. Let's go to the other side. Somehow... We have to understand that storms are going to come in life, but they do not have to become the focus of our life. And what we say in the midst of a storm is very important to our life. How we react to it, how we respond to those things is going to determine whether we sink or swim. We are either going to be driven by the noise of the storm and the circumstances around us, or we are going to be led by the promise of God's Word. And we have to make up our mind what it is going to be, but we determine that by what we say. And when they came and woke him up and said, Master, do you not care what, that we perish? That disturbed him more than anything else that was going on because that meant they had already forgotten what he had said. And they started speaking things that were contradicting what God had already proclaimed was going to happen. You know what angers God? is when I fail to understand that what he has said is more important than what my circumstances might be saying right now. You know what troubles God? Is that when he gives me a word and I walk away from church 
and I get involved in life and I let things overwhelm me and then I start speaking out of my circumstance. I start speaking out of the events of the day rather than speaking based on the Word of God. I shall live and not die. I will not go down because He has determined that we are going to the other side. And so God has been working on me lately. And I said something this morning that I want to go back to. And I want it to become the theme of this church over the next little while. That we will begin to speak what we seek until we see what we say. I didn't say speak what we see. That's what happened to the disciples. And that's what got them in trouble on that trip across the Sea of Galilee is because they started speaking out of what they were seeing around them. And what they saw was overwhelming them. And they were being driven. Their emotions, their thinking, their fears, their doubts were all being manipulated by the moment. And they did not remember what he had said to begin this trip. Let's go to the other side. And so... When we allow those things to overwhelm us and they become the dominant thing of our life and what we see is what we speak, we're in trouble. We're going to bring down wrath on ourselves. We're going to bring down the displeasure of God. But more than that, we are going to miss some of the greatest miracles that God prepared for us because we start speaking out of the moment and not out of the word that never changes and never fails and so what i would like to do is start speaking what i seek what are we what are you seeking what do you want to happen what are you hungry for what do you want to happen over your family over your children on your job you say i have a horrible boss well you know what you're not the only one that's ever had a bad boss But maybe if you started going in every day and speaking the word of God over your job, you don't have to get up on the table and announce to everybody what you're doing, but you could walk into the environment that you live in and say, you know what, I'm not going to live by the environment or the culture that I have been put in. There's a word that God gave me. There's something that my life is based on. It's not momentary. It's not passing. It's eternal. It's settled. It's not going to be revised. It's not going to be updated because God said everything that he needed to say. And I can stand on that word. And I need to learn how to use that word and and speak that word over my family. And as I begin to speak what I seek, I'm going to begin to see what I say. Amen. Somebody say that with me. I want to speak what I seek until I see what I say. Whether we're going to be driven by the wind and the noise of the surroundings of the hour or we're going to be led by the promise of God is going to be determined by what goes on between our ears. And it's going to be determined ultimately by what comes out of our mouth. Amen. We're going to speak it into existence in some way. Praise God. We can either listen to our fears and we can observe the winds and they heard them roaring and they heard them howling and they forgot in the midst of all of that noise what God had said. And that's easy to do.
in the midst of all the noise of life, we allow the influence of that moment to overwhelm our thinking and make us think that this is the end. I'm not going to make it out of this. When the truth is, He already established your life. He said the, good, the, man, the, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. That means they have already been mapped out. So you're not going to end your life, or your life isn't going to end until God says it's going to end. Although there's been a lot of folks died a lot too young. They didn't die physically, but they died in their mind. God, help me. Touch my mind and my mouth and help me. Don't let me forget that your word is forever settled and it will never change. It is interesting that when Joshua came to the land of promise and he was getting ready to go into the promised land in chapter 2, the Bible says that the Lord spoke to him and said, Be of good courage. And he goes on to speak certain things to him, but he winds up by saying to him that you shall meditate on this word day and night. Meditate. In the original translation, it says you shall mutter over. You know what muttering is? That's when you're talking to yourself under your breath. You're trying to make sure you understand it. And he said, that's what you're going to have to do to conquer this land. You're going to have to take that word and mutter, mutter it over everything you walk in contact with. Mutter it over everything that happens as you go through these valleys and into these hills and you you begin to take what God has given you. You're going to have to mutter that word over everything that you do everywhere you go. Don't allow the giants. Don't allow the circumstances. Don't allow the walls. Don't allow this or that to become the predominant thought of your mind let the word become the predominant thought of your mind and mutter it over everything you do everywhere you go you speak the word of God everywhere you go you remember what God had to say and when you begin to speak that word that word has life in it that word is life and as you begin to speak the word over your circumstances and over your situation. Fear runs and hides and doubt goes slinking off in the corner and leaves you alone because the land of Canaan had a lot of voices and sounds that they were going to hear. And the Bible says in one text that their attitude was it was a land that eateth up its inhabitants. It eateth up the inhabitants. It all... It's just going to consume you. It can if you let it. But if you'll, you'll mutter the word over it. Amen. When you get up against a bad situation on your job, just start quoting scripture rather than blasting the boss. Boss. Or instead of griping about this or that. Or, and I better be careful. I got too entangled in meddling this morning. That guy needs to be worked on. I can tell you that. He... He needed some help today, but we need to learn how to, to speak that word over everything. Because when you're going into the promises of God, God doesn't always reveal to you what you're going to have to go through to get that promise. He doesn't always tell you what you're going to have to endure for that promise to come to pass. So don't fall down on the side of the road and give up and whine and cry 
and say, well, God, you, you were not right. You cheated me. That's what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah came to the conclusion that he had been cheated by God. That's what he said. He said, God, you've not been fair to me. This hadn't worked out the way that I thought it was going to work out. And he's not the only one that's ever felt like God cheated them. They felt like God didn't tell me the whole story. Well, the reason he didn't tell you the whole story is because you didn't need to know the whole story. Neither do I. I just need to know I can trust his word and that his word's not going to fail and that his word is going to see me through, that his word will not return void. It will accomplish every purpose for which it is sent. Oh, God, help me. Somebody help me right now. Amen. Where is the verse of Scripture that says, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper? Anybody know what that verse says? I, can't, I didn't write it down. I think it's in Isaiah. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Somebody find that real quick. You've got a quick tab on your... This, this is the only time you can use your phone in church. Anybody got that real quick? What is it? 54.17. Can you put that up on the screen? Isaiah 54.17. I didn't see this until today. But it, it's awesome. You need to see it. You got it? There it is. It says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. That's why you need to mutter that word over everything you do. Because when you do, that promise is yours. That not only the weapons, but no other tongue that is, that is used against you shall accomplish its purpose. God help me tonight to understand that it is important that I take heed to what I heed. Amen. He shall have what he saith. Say that with me. He shall have what he saith. He shall have what he saith. We need to speak it until it comes to pass. God brought Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones and he asked him a question. Anybody know what that question is? Huh? Can these bones live? And you know what Ezekiel did? He did the same thing most of us do. We cop out. Thou knowest, Lord. That's not what God said is going to bring these bones back to life. Thou knowest, Lord. This is what he said. Look at what he said in Jeremiah or Ezekiel chapter 37. He said, and he said to him, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, this is how you get it done. This is how you bring life into dead things. This is how you revive dry, broken situations. Prophesy under these bones. Begin to speak over these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, 
I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. And so I prophesied. <laughs> oh, I'm glad Ezekiel took him at his word. He didn't keep arguing. Well, you know God. He just said, okay, God, if that's what you're telling me to do, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start speaking what I seek until I see what I say. And so he started speaking over those bones. He began to prophesy. And he said, as I prophesied, as I prophesied, as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise that And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them about, but there was no breath in them. Oh, there was no breath. And then he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind. He gave him another word. Sometimes God gives you a second word, and that's important. You've got to say it all. And so he started speaking to the wind. Wind come and blow on these, these, these look like men. These men who appear to be men but are not because there is no breath in them. And when the wind began to blow, something happened in those bones and in that sinew and life began to flow. And it began to flow because they were being spoken to from the Word of God. What God has sent me to this church to do is to help you understand that God's Word is what will transform any situation. And if we would just stand up over our situation and begin to prophesy the Word of the Lord and begin to speak those words of life into those things and keep on speaking that until we see it. There's going to be a transformation in this house like we've never seen. God saved me from the negative atmosphere in which I now live. Help me to get back to that word that is forever settled. Speak over them what you seek. Amen. Life. Live. Bones come together. Praise God. What are you hungry for tonight? What do you want to see in your life? What do you want to see in your family? What do you want to see in your home? What do you want to see in your spiritual life? Instead of complaining and whining about it, instead of griping about it, instead of getting angry because you don't have it, why don't you stand up and start declaring with your mouth the word of the Lord? This word shall not die. This word shall not perish. This word will never come back void. It will accomplish the purpose. When you don't know what else to pray, just open the book and start praying the Psalms. That work for somebody else, it might work for you. When you run out of words, just start speaking his words. His words are more powerful than yours anyway. I wonder what would happen. I I did this several years ago. But I believe there's so much power in this word that it doesn't matter if I'm doing it or it's a recording. So I came in here during the week and I played 
Alexander Scorby, the Bible, he read the Bible. I started in Genesis and I played it 24 hours a day so that this atmosphere would be filled with the Word of God. And you know what happened? We started having a move of God in this place and somebody came to church and they didn't understand where it came from. I'll tell you where it came from. It came because the Word was being spoken over this atmosphere and it will transform this place. It will turn this place upside down when we begin to speak that word and say it like we mean it. Come on, stand to your feet and praise Him with me right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Amen. I believe the reason we do not have more is because we do not speak more. It's because we sabotage our life with what we say. The Bible said the power of... No, it doesn't. You're wrong. It says the power of death and life is in the tongue. You need to read that. Death and life. Your tongue is so powerful. And if you're not careful, the the first thing it will do is speak death. And maybe there are things that need to be put to death, like a bad attitude. Maybe you need to let that word speak over your mind right now and put to death that attitude, that mind of complaining and whining. Begin to speak words of life. I shall live and not die. Amen. I am more than a conqueror through him who strengthens me. If God be for me, who can be against me? Neither death nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Start speaking that, muttering that over your family. What's happened to dad? He's lost his mind. He just goes around the house muttering. That's okay. Just keep muttering. Muttering. That word. That word. The Lord is with me. The rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Amen. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. You start speaking that word. Something's going to happen. Don't stop speaking it until it comes to pass. I forgot how many words are contained in the book called Mein Kampf that 
was written by Adolf Hitler. But for every single word that was written in that book, thousands of Jews died. That's the power of a word. Now, if words have that kind of power to kill, this book says they also have that kind of power to give life. I love the book of Revelation. I don't understand a lot about it. (laughs) But there's one part about it. It talks about taking that book and he eats it. He ate it. Why? Because it's important that it be more than just something that you sing about. It's got to be in you. Man, we sing about it all up here. He thought I was worth saving. But if in here you don't think that, then what this says contradicts what you just said. So I have to get it in me so that when it comes, it comes from a source deeper than myself, that word that is forever settled. When I was younger, I used to take little index cards. I had a real bad memory, and so I would write down scriptures and I would put them in my pocket and when when I would get into a difficult place and I was pressed or tempted I would pull that stack of cards out and I would start reading those verses it's amazing what the power of that word can do for you how it can calm your fears and it can run the devil away amen how many times have I heard the back door swing open and shut and I realized that somebody was leaving my house (laughs) because I had started speaking the word over my situation. God, help us. Help us. Help us to have a new tongue. I want my tongue anointed. I want more than my mind anointed. I want my tongue to be anointed. That I will begin to speak good things. And my wife, you're going to have to hold me accountable to this. I'm tired of myself. I get pretty negative sometimes. You don't believe that, but I do. I get cranky too. God's been real good to me. Real good to me. Better than I deserve. And yet in spite of all that God's already done, I'm wondering how He's going to fix what's wrong right now when I've got a whole list of things that he's already done to prove himself that he's never failed me and he never will fail me. Amen. Amen. You can't speak what you see. You've got to speak what you seek. I want revival. I've been walking through this sanctuary during the day and night saying, God, I want revival. I want a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost. I want it to be so powerful that people will be slain in the Spirit. I want people to be knocked out coming in the door. God, I want to speak that. I want this atmosphere to be filled with that kind of word. You can talk about people. You can put stuff on Facebook, do all that kind of garbage if you want to. But I've decided I want to change my mode of operation I want to change what I say. Instead of speaking what I see, I want to start speaking what I seek. 
I want a revival. I want to see people fill these pews up and make you have to find another place to sit. Really get under your dander. Make you have to find a parking place. Wouldn't it be great if we had to go to multiple services because we didn't have time or we didn't have room for everybody? That's a great opportunity. That's a great possibility. When you start speaking that stuff, those are the things that begin to come to pass. But if you look around and you say, we ain't ever going to do that around here, that's exactly what's going to come to pass. Man, anybody need a work of the Holy Ghost tonight on your tongue? Am I not alone tonight? Amen. God, I'm serious. I, I'm, I've never been more serious in my life. I want to take heed what I hear. Because what I hear, what I see, can affect what I say. What I want to remember is that God's Word is preeminent over every situation. And so Ezekiel said, and so I prophesied. Oh, can you imagine what it was like when he started speaking to those bones? What did he say to them? What did he say? He said, hip bone, find the leg bone. I don't know. What did he say? He prophesied over those bones, and they started coming together. And what's amazing is... They all went to the right body. They were screwed all over the valley. But they found the right connection. That's what happens when you start speaking God's word. Oh, oh yes. You make the right connections. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, revival, anointing, blessing. Favor, oh God, give us, give us favor, Lord. Give us favor. Give us abundance. God, give us an overflow. Give us an anointing in this place that will break every yoke, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah.